بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الذي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الوهم وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن أمك برحمتك يا رحم الراحم We continue our discussion about Islamic theory of education Today we want to discuss inshallah what is the core and essence of Islamic education what are the aims what are the main principles if we get chance inshallah we discuss these things in Islam In Islam, we are not interested only in passing on information. We are not only trying to make people aware of certain uh, sciences or disciplines or, you know, understanding. It is much more than that. In Islam, what we are interested in, and of course, this is not only Islam, Many uh, other uh, schools of education also, especially those who are religious, they would also have the same approach. There can be differences in the depths and comprehensiveness, but many people also have understood this point, but unfortunately some have missed it. In Islam, we want to make sure that the learner grows from every possible aspect. There are potentials in us which need to be developed. If we only focus on one side, for example, we can grow in understanding and knowledge. But if we just focus on this and just fill the mind of people with information and make them a small library, for example, this is not enough. We need to make sure that this person grows from every aspect and becomes a person that when it comes to understanding 
to desires, to behavior, to emotions, to his relation with himself, with other people, with God, from every sense he has developed. It's like a child that you have to give him different food, different vitamins, good moral, spiritual, psychological care, so that the child would be growing from every aspect. If you give him only some food, even physically he would not grow well. If you look after his physics, but not his emotions, so physically he may grow, but emotionally he may not grow. If you look at emotions and physics, but not, for example, give him proper education, again, he may not grow. You need to look after everything. So we have a holistic approach to human beings in Islamic education. And in particular, we want to make sure that this person would learn what he needs to know about himself and his relation with God, with himself, with other people, with environment. And also his behavior would improve. If his understanding doesn't improve or his behavior doesn't improve, we have not been successful. We need both aspects to improve. Because in the end of the day, the sign of success is to have better human beings. I very much focus on this idea in many discussions because the whole idea of doing some acts of worship, having some beliefs, is that we become better people. If we don't become better and we just do some actions, this is not good. A person who has been praying and fasting is expected to have become better person. We have to gain taqwa through fasting. If we just fast, but we don't become better, we don't become more pious, more careful, more cautious. This means that we have not achieved a lot. So, we want to grow as much as possible in every aspect of humanity, in every potential that human beings have. Part of this relates to understanding, part of it relates to desires and inclinations, and part of it relates to behavior, and part of it relates to virtues. So there are different aspects. I mentioned some of the things that we want to achieve and inshallah 
maybe for the second session we would uh, watch a recording of a lecture I had about this issue. First, when it comes to understanding, what do we want to understand in Islamic education? In Islamic education, we want to help the learner. And as I said also yesterday, and the sisters who were not yesterday, inshallah, they will receive the recording. The uh, learner and teacher are in a sense traveling together. The teacher is not someone who thinks that he has uh, completed everything and just has the responsibility of helping the learner. The teacher himself is a learner. Murabi is himself trying to grow. So we don't have uh, two different worlds. Educator and the one who is educated. No. They are working together. So what they want to understand and the educator tries to prepare the ground for the learner to understand. One is knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our great attention should be to making them better know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amir al-Mu'min alayhi salam said, Avvaluddin ma'rifatuh wa kamalu ma'rifatihi at-tasdiqu bih. Avvaluddin means the first thing in religion. The most important thing to begin with is knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And kamalu ma'rifati, perfection of knowing him, is at-tasdiqu bih, is when you believe in him and confirm his existence with the qualities that he has. We in Hose uh, have a book, which is the very first book that the students may study. Uh, now there are other books to begin with, but in the past this was something for everyone, called Jami'ul Muqaddamah. So this is a collection of smaller books and essays about Sarf, Nahb, and also there is Adab al-Muta'allameen. So the very first part of it is Sharhul Amthila, which is an introduction to Al Masaf. And it says in the first line, be aware that Avvaluddin Ma'rifatul Jabbar or Avvalul Ilm Ma'rifatul Jabbar wa akhirul ilm tafidul amra ilay. The first part of knowledge is to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the end of it is to submit your affairs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very important and we can talk about this for hours but I just stop here because I think it's clear.
The second thing is knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's relation with the world, with the universe, with the creation, with Masib Allah, with anything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is very important. Because some people believe in God, but they don't know what's the relation between God and this world. Somehow they think God is so transcendent and so far away that he doesn't know exactly what is happening or even if he knows, he cannot do anything. God has created and then retired or he has created and delegated everything to other things. So they don't have this understanding that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in charge of everything. You know, in the Quran, we have so many times reference to rububiyya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is very important because if we just think that God is the creator, then we may think, okay, he created, because unfortunately many people have misconception about creation. They think his creation is something that happens and finishes. If they are equipped with philosophical understanding, they know that creation is an ongoing process and creation is not separate from managing and running and lordship. To leave no chance for any confusion, any misunderstanding, the Quran focuses a lot on Rububiya, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being a Rabb. And Rabb is the one who is in charge, the one who is running and managing and taking care of something. In Arabic, a lady who is responsible for uh, maintenance and you know everything in home is called Rabbatuddar. She's the lord of the house. Someone can be lord of an office. Someone can be lord of, for example, some group of people. For example, you know, Hazrat Abdul Muttalib said to Abraham, Ana Rabbul Ibl, Means I am responsible for my animals, my camels. I look after them. I take care of them. If they need food, if they need water, if they need medicine, anything, I look after them. So, Rabb is the one who is in charge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Rabbul Alameen. He is in charge of everything. He is aware. And he is into everything that happens. In Tawheed Af'ali, we say, nothing happens in this world unless it's an action of God. Maybe there are other things under God, but everything is also an action of God. Anyway, we don't want to talk about Aqa'id now. We want us to say that it's very important that not only they know that God exists and has these attributes, but also they know what is the relation between God and this world. There is a hadith from Amir al-Mu'min in which he says, La ibadata. There is no worship like contemplation, like thinking about 
creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, the Quran says, Alladina yatafakkaruna fi khalq samawati wal Those who think about the creation of the skies and the earth. The other thing that we should focus on is knowing prophets and in particular Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Imams they should have reliable sound understanding of the Prophet his life and character and mission Imams their life and mission and teachings this is also important and then after knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his relation with creation and prophet and imams then they learn other aspects of religion under the light of these fundamental understandings so this is why we say Quran and Sunnah are the basis for understanding Islam. So, in Islamic education, the people who pass this education, who successfully complete this education, should be people who have very good understanding of all these things. Because human beings are to great extent formed by their understanding, by their beliefs, by their ideas. What you believe is part of what you are. Your ideas are part of what you are. In addition to the practical implications, just your ideas and beliefs are very fundamental information of your personality then when it comes to desires and inclinations we should aim at these things one to help them develop love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's very important in the end of the day, all our activities should lead to greater love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mentioned, I think it was yesterday, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Musa alayhi salam, Habibni ila khalqi. Make my people love me. Because if they love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's good for them. When you love a good person, then you try to become good. If you love a bad person, you try to become like him. Love has the power of transformation. And depending on whom you love and what you love, you change yourself. So we should try to add to the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amir al said, إِذَا أَكْرَمَ اللَّهُ عَبْدًا 
شغلهو به محبته When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to honor and respect a servant of him would make him experience his love and he would be preoccupied with love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is also quoted as saying Allahumma ja'al hubbaka Ahabbal ilay. Oh Allah, make love for you the most beloved thing for me. So I want to have as top priority for myself love for you. Or we have this dua Allahumma inni as'aluka hubbaka wa hubba man yuhibbuka. وَحُبَّ كُلَّ عَمَلٍ يُوصِلُنِي Oh Allah, I ask your love and love of those who love you and love of those actions that lead to you. And in this way, of course, no one can go wrong. If you love Allah and the people who love Allah and the actions that are loved by Allah, you can never go wrong. Because it is our love for something that can take us to that direction. And if you only love good and good people and good actions, you will never go right. So, when you teach, when you design activities, when you mention stories, when you organize events, you should try to always see, is this going to add to their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or not? This is one of the tests for our activities. Another thing is that not only they should have love for God, they should have few kind of emotional connections with God. And I would like to mention few. One, they should have always hope in God. Develop their hope for God. A person who doesn't have hope, he is easily affected by shaitan. Because we would never try to improve if we lose our hope. We would remain what we are and we would let the situation remain as it is if we are despaired. So, they should be always hopeful. We say in Du'ai Abu Hamza, Ya Rabbi, inna lana fika raja'an azima. My Lord, we have great hope in you. Raja and Adim. Quran says, قُلْ يَعْبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَتُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الظُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا 
you should never under any circumstances lose your hope become despaired if you have done something wrong never think that your relation with God is broken forever the only thing that can may indicate that can, they may that may indicate relation is broken is when you lose your hope when you become despair this is very bad if you are despair you should never be despaired with respect to Allah's mercy in uh, some hadiths if someone has killed prophets and then thinks that God is not going to forgive him this is greater sin than killing the prophets because you are underestimating mercy of God and you are endangering your relation with God so we should never lose our hope we should never let our students and trainee to lose their hope in God and never they should become despaired. Sometimes, unfortunately, when we want to warn people, we don't have balance. So we say, if you do this, then you are finished. You are no longer a believer or God no longer cares about you, no longer loves you. We have to be very careful not to play this too much because you want to warn so that the person doesn't make mistake. But suppose this person has made the mistake. You should not destroy all the bridges for him to come back. Never make someone lose his hope in returning. Because if he thinks that he cannot return, then he can go further away. So it's very important that they should have great hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Plus, they should be very optimistic, very positive with respect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the concepts that we have is husnu billah. You must have heard this. By itself is a great factor. Can someone explain what does it mean? You think about Allah's reward and merciful, uh, compassionate. Uh, I'm going to try to do they only think about the negative side of it. Um, they, they don't look at the positive. Yeah. They don't, yeah. So how? Yes. For me, yes. 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 Yes.
expand the question. We can understand from our hadith that depending on what you think, what uh, you know, what you think God is going to do with you, God may also treat you differently. Depending on what you think God is going to do, God may also treat you differently. So, for example, we we have this hadith of Qudsi. abdi al mu'min. I am close to what my believing servant thinks about me. So, depending on what you think God is going to do with you, He may also treat you differently. So, can you explain this? Yes. I think like uh, we need to believe that Allah always added. So yeah. whatever He will do is coming from His agenda. So if it, I like what happened to me or don't, but it's, it's hard for me. Yeah, but uh, uh, my question is how our attitude, our expectations can change what Allah does for us. Yes. I understand that what Allah uh, is doing for us is just like a mirror about what's inside us. So we should work about anything inside us mm -hmm. to change, uh, to change um, how, how uh, to, to go what we want from that. That is mm -hmm. what I understand. Mm -hmm. yes. It is depending on us. Mm -hmm. Yes. How? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And you accept it. Yeah, but uh, this is a uh, good, but this is different. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, not what we all want. Like, yeah. What we choose is different, but Allah, we have to believe. Strong belief inside us. Sure. Allah choose for us is different. Sure. Yes. You were first. I don't know what. You, okay. So, I think um, we have to. I, I, I remember a while ago I heard you saying this. When you pray for something, for example, your abode in the Akhirah. Reach for the stars and pray for the highest, most ultimate position that you want to reach. So do not despair that mm. you are worthy of anything less. Mm. Now, if in that process of your living in this world and whatever it is you're striving for, if there's some aspect of that where you feel, well, maybe I'm not able to attain that, or maybe I'm not worthy to attain that, that may be the result of what you will get. So you must never think like that. You must always strive to do your best and pray to reach the ultimate that you that you want to reach and believe that, inshallah, if it's, if it's prayer, it will be given to you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's correct. Anyone can add, Sister Ali? Um, um, so, um, so something like um, that we recite in even though we're so sinful and we're so, you know, we have lots of mistakes that we make and stuff like that. But, but our hope is that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is going to be merciful to us, and He's, you know, you know, even by just, um, you know, telling God about our sins or whatever, we have hope that we 
we know and we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to be merciful to us even though we are so sinful. Um, and, like, uh, and so in that hope is our husn al that, mm-hmm. that God is more kareem and more rahim and more, you know, everything than, than we imagine him to be and, and that he's going to deal with us in that way. So that would be our husn to, to So how my husn can change what God does for me? So so even so even though I'm a I'm I'm like I'm not the perfect being, I'm a sinner, I you know I have lots of mistakes in me and and according to his adala and according to you know uh, what what um, generally we what what would ha- happen is that we would go to cleansing processes and you know purification processes but because we have that husnazan that Allah will you know with through his karam will forgive us therefore uh, we won't go through the you know you know we, we won't go through main processes and Allah will forgive us and that's how we can change that you know that instead of going through those processes something like that yeah thank you Sister Zainab, you wanted to? Um, you said that um, we will meet Allah in the morning and expect Him to sing. So if we expect Him to sing to us from above it, we need to. So why? The question is how you explain this. Because some people may think no matter what we think, He, he does what He likes to do or what He can do. He's kind, He's merciful. So why the way I think about Him would change His behavior? Okay. So, what's the explanation? Yes, this is the idea, but we want to see if we can explain. Yes. Like if you have strong belief, let's say you have, you have strength, yeah. and you expect always the good thing from him, you mm-hmm. <coughs> in your mind that would hurt you. This is one of the one of his names, like uh, the mercy or Rahman or Rahim. This all. Never came in your mind that would hurt you, this person. That came what you, what you have been believing. So nothing came in our mind that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hurt the person. So I think this... Yeah, but why, the question is this. Why if two people, they have acted the same, but one of them has greater hope in God, just this greater hope would change the way God treats them. Because his behavior will change. That you, if you have hope more than this person, mm-hmm. your action depends on later after you ask Allah mm-hmm. will change your behavior. Uh, you keep going, don't give up. You keep going to do the good things. Suppose both of them also keep going. No, but you don't have hope. So maybe it's not that they lost hope. No, they both hope, have hope. hope. Okay, so so, so that behavior is different than this person mm-hmm. because he don't have enough hope to keep continuing your life. Yes. Okay, so maybe you say and I think the, the more hope you have, so you have the more love you have for mm-hmm. not necessarily through your action, but that you have more hope for him and you love him more. Because whoever knows him more and you love him more, you know, in turn mm-hmm. you 
Yeah. Uh, it seems that we should. <laughs> Who really wants to say what he she wants? Do I don't want to be hard. If you really want to say it, so we listen. Yes. Anyone? <laughs> yes. The intention uh, when you ask for hope or you ask for something. Yeah. It's your desire to get it after. I mean, I'm not sure about my answer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You. Okay. Okay. Yes. I don't know if this is I don't know it's coming in my mind like a flash. It's just have the attorney So if I worship in Allah in class and try to reach the perfections of Allah with love. So however I think about this, Allah is going to reward me anyway in that some way how. So if I have that hope with Allah and that love, He will, you know, reward me. He's not going to, you know, um, what's called it? Disappoint. Disappoint me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sister Zainab. How? Thank you. Yes. You want to say something? I don't think you, uh, you want to say something? So these two, inshallah, we can. Yes. <laughs> I mean, to simplify it, if we're thinking of two cases, both are worshipping God yeah. in the same way, but yeah. one with hope, ultimate hope. Yeah. That's whatever God is doing to me, it's for the best of me. Mm. This would elevate the person's actions and, and give more sense to it. It's not that what God does to us, because if we're thinking God is Adil, inshallah, all of us, God does not treat people differently. Mm. But the way we look at what God is doing to us is different. It's on a higher level, it's on a more hopeful level. Mm. Okay, thank you. You you want to say something or you said? Um, very briefly, yeah. my idea is just that. I've come to the conclusion that it's not in Allah's character to disappoint the one who hopes in him. Yeah. So we have a hadith that, that simply tell us, do not disappoint the one whose hope lies in you. So if that is from the creation, then what must be coming from the creation? Yeah. <coughs> okay, thank you very much. Uh, Alhamdulillah, you all referred to different aspects of 
this question. What we can say is that if you have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you have high expectations, but not in a demanding way, you know, sometimes you demand and you think that this is your right, this is what you deserve. This is not good. But if you have high expectations because of what he is, not what you are. Yeah? So we have this in our du'as and munajats that we say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we have great hope in you because of what you are. In a ta'qib of salat, for example, we say, uh, Your forgiveness gives me more hope than my own action. Yeah? Or, for example, we say, Mawlai, إِذَا رَأَيْتُ ذُنُوبِي فَزَعْتِ وَإِذَا رَأَيْتُ كَرَمَكَ تَمَعْتِ When I look at my sins, I just want to cry and scream. When I look at your generosity, then I become hopeful. كَيْفَ أَدْعُوكَ وَأَنَا أَنَا وَكَيْفَ لَا أَدْعُوكَ وَأَنْتَ أَنْتَ So, we have high expectations not because we deserve, because of the greatness of His mercy and generosity. This high expectation shows that you have understood the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have understood Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a better way compared to the people who don't have such high expectations. Those who think that God is not going to forgive, they have not understood greatness of God. They have not understood God as Rahman al-Rahim. You know, all the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world from which we have everything is one in hundred. Ninety-nine percent would appear on the Day of Judgment. Can you imagine? Everything that we have in dunya including spiritual gifts, prophets, books, messengers, because it's all the rahmah of Allah, is one, and 99 is for akhirah. So, if someone thinks that God is not forgiving, God is not caring, God does not love me 
thousands of times more than my parents love me or more than myself love myself he has not understood God the more you know God the more you can get from this understanding did you did you get my point Excuse me, like when you asked, he said, like, how this will change my attitude, like my, he said, like, how this will change. Your attitude changes your relation with God. Yes, but, yes. like, after that, like, if I have, like, if it's done, that's me, after that, my attitude will change, or? No, Hosazan is your attitude. And this attitude will change your relation with God and what you receive from God. So imagine if we have a person, a teacher, that we have always asked him to teach us one subject up to one level. For example, we always ask him to teach us elementary fiqh. Because we didn't know that this person has more to offer. So this person has what he has, but what we have received is limited because we never ask him for something more. We only ask him to teach us basic faith, for example. Then someone else goes and asks him to teach him advanced faith. And says, you know, train me, I want to become mushtaq. Another person says, teach me philosophy, teach me Irfan. You know, the same person, but what type of questions you have raised to him? What type of things you ask from him? can limit the benefits that you receive from that person. Okay? The same is, for example, with parents. You may ask your parents only for food and dress. You may ask your parents for teaching you akhlaq, giving you their experiences. So, depending on what we know about Allah's greatness and great part of his greatness is Rahmah. <laughs> no one without understanding Allah's Rahmah has understood him. So depending on how great is your understanding of Allah and a great part of it is Rahmah and generosity, then you can benefit more. Plus, there is also another issue. The way you think God is going to treat you is partly based on what you think of God, but it's also partly based on what you are. The way you think God is going to treat you is partly based on your understanding of what God is and partly based on what you are. Because the way you yourself are filters, shapes the way you think God is going to act. If you are a person that would never reject someone who sincerely apologizes, then can you imagine God is going to reject someone who 
sincerely repents? No. But if I am a person who sometimes gets angry and sometimes, you know, becomes very rigid, and to some people who have wronged him, you know, he says, no way I can forgive you, automatically also you think about God in the same way. So, okay. so, what is your understanding of God is very important. The same God, but depending on how you know him and understand him, can teach you, can give you differently. And also, what you are also can change your experience with God. So, if a person goes to God with very positive approach, this shows that this person himself has some good qualities and good understanding, and these would make God even more willing to give him his mercy. And God is not going to disappoint such people. So we need to develop in our students and learners such love in God and such high expectations in God, such great hope in God, without, of course, demanding. We should not take advantage of generosity of God and you know become you know uh, too demanding I think we should have a break and inshallah after a short break we continue alhamdulillah rabbil alamin just let me stop this